Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance, for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad. I describe this podcast the same way each week. I say, this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products that customers love. And that is not changing. But the podcast is getting a new name to better align with its purpose for helping product managers become product masters. That new name is Product Masters Now. You don't have to do anything different to keep listening, but I want you to know the name change is coming in a few weeks and it will show in your podcast player not as the everyday innovator, but as product masters now. So if you think you lost the podcast, just go look for product masters now. It will be in there. Today's discussions with a listener who contacted me after hearing episode 304. I emailed listeners who are subscribed to receive the show notes in their email box that said, If you thought your job as a product manager was building products right, think again. In this discussion, Ken Sandy shares why the job of a product manager is not building products right, but building the right products. Now, I admit, I did phrase that message intentionally to be thought-provoking. A chief product officer of a global company responded to that message, and we began discussing the responsibilities of building the right product versus building it right. It's such an important topic, which is why I invited the CPO to this episode. His name is Narasimha Krishna Kumar, and he is the global CPO for Wind River, a cloud-based IoT company, and he is also an advisor and product consultant to startups and new ventures. And by the way, that email I mentioned, if you're not receiving a weekly email with the summary of each new interview, you should sign up. It's easy, and it takes only three steps. Go to theeverydayinnovator.com, enter your name and email at the top of the page, and click the button to start receiving the weekly emails. Pretty simple, right? And also, as a bonus for your time, I'll send you the top 10 insights for the first 100 interviews I did. It is a concise guide to valuable knowledge for making you a better product manager and leader. Also, if you want to go back to anything that you hear in this discussion, just go to the show notes, which you can find online if you're not receiving the email. And those are at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 318 you also find a one-page action guide there to help you put the concepts into action right away. And if you want, have a discussion with your colleagues. Now, let's get on to this interesting discussion about what is that role of product manager. Krishna, thank you so much for joining the Everyday Innovators. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me here. So you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and you get those emails that I sent out, and you reply to one of those, which is the topic of what we're going to talk about, and it's going to be a great topic for listeners. But first, you're a a global chief product officer, a CPO. Describe that to us a little bit. What are your responsibilities as a global CPO? Yeah, so I'm a global head of products for a company called Wind River. Uh, Wind River is a company that focuses primarily on edge computing. We have a lot of software and technologies that are in edge devices. You know, you look at a self-driving car, you look at a aircraft that is running uh, some kind of a software. Wind River provides software and technology solutions to all these edge devices. So I oversee the product strategy and roadmap planning 
for some of the edge products as well as some of the new breed of products that Windriver is introducing into the market. So one of the products that we have introduced, which is relatively new, is a Windriver cloud platform product as well as some of the analytics capabilities. The whole idea is to look at the market, look at the landscape of devices and create innovative solutions that enable our customers to get intelligence about those devices as well as manage them effectively using cloud and analytics mm-hmm. type solutions. So I oversee the overall product planning, product roadmap, as well as the vision and strategy as a global head of products at Wind River. Okay. What drives your vision for that? I'm just curious, you know, are you out spending time with customers? Are you reading, you know, new advancements in the space? What, what, what goes into driving where ideas come from? Yeah. So, you know, there is there is a lot of technology that has already been developed. So there is one aspect mm-hmm. which is inbound focused, you know, in terms of what capabilities we can offer to our customers. Then you need to really look at what are some of the customer problems that you're trying to solve with the product? Are we solving all of them from a product perspective? If not, you know, what is the plan for us to go solve those additional problems that may be there in the market? Also look at, you know, another vector, which is where is the market going in general? You know, if you look at uh, the market um, dynamics, uh, technology is constantly changing. So you need to really look at what are some of the changes that are happening in the technology uh, space and how is it relevant to what you're planning to do from a product perspective and how is it relevant to the problem that you're solving for the mm-hmm. customer. So that is the second vector that you need to look at, you know, market dynamics in terms of the technology that's evolving. The third aspect is there are a lot of competitors in the space. As a product leader, you always need to look at, you know, what your competition is doing from an overall market perspective, kind of understand what your value is, why customers like you, why don't they like you, and then incorporate that into your product planning, uh, product strategy process. So I think those are kind of the three broad level teams that you need to think about when you're looking at formulating a vision or a strategy for the product. Mm-hmm. And then, the, of course, you also need to think about the business aspect, which is, you know, okay, if we solve this problem, what's in it for the business? And, you know, how do you scale and grow your business through the product offerings that you introduce in the market? Very good. Yeah, so sounds like a balance there between what, what do the customers need? What are their problems? Which ones can we serve? So mm-hmm. really good focus on the customer problems. And also what's, what is evolving with technology and mm-hmm. how can we leverage the, the new technology to better solve our customers' problems? Exactly. Very good. Thank you. So the good introduction, a little bit about what, this, what you do in the CPO role. You've had lots of different positions in product management over your career, right, leading up mm-hmm. to the, the CPO work now. I'm mm-hmm. curious if you were to pull out a time where you found a significant lesson about product management, what was that lesson? What was going on at that time? Yeah, I think, you know, it's all about, so I think there are many lessons as a product manager that one can learn and one has the opportunity to learn. And especially in a technology-focused organization, you know, if you are focused on certain set of technologies and you're making, essentially making bets, I think one of the important lessons that I have learned is it's all about, you know, how do you manage the number of variables and reduce the number of variables when you are building a product? So as a product manager, it all begins with the customer problem, the who, the what, and the why. Who is the customer? What is it that you're trying to accomplish for the customer? And why? What are the benefits that the customer will get? You know, you go through that due diligence. And then there is the how, which is the build aspect. And you can make 
different technology choices and you can make different decisions to build the product. You know, this is the execution phase. And when you do this, there are a bunch of decisions that need to happen. And you want to make sure that the number of variables are easy to manage so that you can meet the time to market requirements for the product. So uh, there was one situation where we picked brand new technologies for building the product and the technologies that were not mature and were evolving. And, you know, we ended up in a situation where we had to face an extreme product delay due to the choices that we made uh, as part of the product build process. So mm -hmm. that's that's one of the lessons that I have learned is, you know, how do we kind of take a product idea and drive it through execution, making sure that we make the right bets from a technology choices perspective. And that's right. that's where I think there is aspects of leadership that come into play where, you know, we look at all the variables, assess the risk in terms of the variables and assess the overall risk from a product timing perspective as you go to market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, risk is certainly a dimension there we should be considering. Many time I was involved in developing new products that were using some bleeding edge technology. And it's fun to be on the bleeding edge at time, but sometimes you also get bloody because you're on the bleeding edge and things right. are not ready uh, as uh, you expected them to be. Okay, great. Just wanted that as a little context. I was curious with all your experience. I wanted to get a, a good lesson from you that we can be thinking about as product managers too. Yeah. Okay. So how we got connected about what we're going to talk about next, mm -hmm. uh, just a few episodes back in uh, 304, we talked to Ken Sandy about building the right product. Mm -hmm. And I sent out an email announcing mm -hmm. that episode. And I basically said in the introduction, that email, something that was meant to capture some attention, but, but it was phrased in a way that basically said, Hey, product managers, if you think your job is to build a product, right, you're wrong. Your focus should be on building the right product. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly what I said, but that's close enough. Yep. And you and a few others emailed back and said, well, I'm not so sure about that. Your response was quite kind. A few others was was more affirmative that, that I'm missing some things here. So that's what we're talking about. Yep. As far as the product manager is concerned, what should our focus be in this discussion of building the right product yep. or and or building the product correctly, building it right? That's a great topic. I think, you know, what got me kind of interested there was, you know, I've been in product management for a long time, introducing technology products and solutions to the market. I, I think, you know, my perspective is we need to have both. As product managers, you know, we need to not only build the right product, but we need to oversee that the products are built correctly. I, and I'll get to what products built right means, but okay. building the right product is, you know, you need to, as I talked about the three dimensions, you know, you're looking at the customer problem, you're looking at the market opportunity, uh, you're looking at competitive dynamics, and, you know, you're looking at, you know, sales feedback, you're looking at a bunch of things and you synthesize all of that into the what, what are you trying to build? And that should be, you know, from a product definition perspective, you should have the right definition that has a fair chance of success in the market and solves the customer problem effectively. And when I say customer, it's a group of customers. You want to scale your business, so you want to make it as broad and horizontal as you can. So that's mm -hmm. that should be the focus of building the right product, capturing, synthesizing requirements, prioritizing the requirements. Now, when you look at the execution aspect, what I mean by saying building the product right is you need to make the right set of decisions 
which actually map to the requirement. So if you do a you know product demonstration and you demonstrate to your customer, it is solving the problem that the customer has. And I can give you several examples in terms of how it solves the problems. We can take a product example and discuss that. But you know, at a high level, that's kind of what you want to do. The building the product right is all about making the right decisions on how the product is built. And there's also the quality aspect. You may build the product right, but it may have a lot of issues and the customer may feel that you know they didn't get their solution uh, from the product. They didn't mm-hmm. get the problem solved from their product. So you need to have a high quality. That is, again, building the product right. And there are trade-off decisions that you make as part of any architecture from a product perspective. You may make certain choices. We talked about this in your previous question, which is, hey, you know, there are different variables. You bet on technologies that are evolving, and they may have certain limitations, which may make the problem be more pronounced for the customer rather than actually solving the problem. So that's something that you need to think about. And you know, the role of product management here is to look at the overall product architecture, work collaboratively with engineering and quality teams, or you know, if you have a DevOps organization where quality is part of the build process, product build process, you need to make sure that you know it's actually meeting the requirements from a customer perspective and the quality is high. high. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's the building the product right part where you have to go through a set of you know analysis and due diligence to be able to deliver the product to market in the right way. Big picture, I think we're both on the same page that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we, you know, an organization must do both, right? They, mm-hmm. they must build the right product. So that's the product that the customer needs that actually creates value for the customer in a way that they can't get that value or they don't have the value now. And they can't get it easily from, from others. So we're, we're doing mm-hmm. something novel, something new and adding value for the customer. And at the same time, we want to build the product correctly. So mm-hmm. it is something that we don't have quality issues with. We're not dealing with, you know, warranty and recalls and, you know, problems down the road. Yep. So organizationally, I wholeheartedly understand. Mm-hmm. I'm interrupting the interview to share something really important. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute, but I want you to know about an extraordinary system called the Rapid Product Mastery or RPM Experience. In just nine weeks, you can have a higher-performing product team, meeting only 75 minutes a week with no travel required. One product leader, after trying all the typical training workshops, turned to the RPM experience to get real change for his team. He said that this is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed it to do. If you have a group of 5 to 14 product professionals, learn how you too can have a high-performing team in just 9 weeks, 75 minutes a week, without travel. This is the system created by Chad, based on his experience working as a product leader, coaching several organizations, and deeply studying innovation during his PhD work. Get the guide for yourself at theeverydayinnovator.com slash RPM. Now, when it comes to a product manager... Where do you think our focus is? Are, are you still going to say it's it's both? So, yeah. So I think, you know, the role of the product manager is such that they are, you know, in my mind, 
product managers are general managers of the product, which is a business. Product is a business, mm-hmm. and you know you you are taking the product to market, satisfying the customer needs, and there is uh, you know all the financial goodness that's associated with the product. So product managers typically tend to focus and gravitate on the market problems, the customer problems. It's all about the who, the what, and the why. That's the primary focus of the product manager. But I think there is a good influential role that product managers can have in the how. How is typically an engineering architectural focus area where they are determining what is the best architecture, what is the best uh, way to build this product, and you know what are kind of the associated elements with respect to delivering the product to market from an execution perspective. I think product management has a role to play there. Get active in the execution process. Kind of understand, you know, for those that are technically curious product managers, it would really help them to get involved in those discussions, kind of understand how the product is built. And also, you know, there are other ways where product management can get involved in terms of looking at product key performance indicators, KPIs, where they can say, here is the quality bar from a quality perspective, right? They can set the quality bar for the product. Uh, If the product is a, you know, is delivering certain key performance kind of metrics in terms of latency or any other things that you have, you know, they could influence that Uh, from a user experience perspective. They can define how many clicks should a certain action take. And, you know, there are ways in which product management can influence the overall process of how the product is built right. Right. So okay. so that's that's kind of the, you know, combination, I would say, makes a product manager very effective in any organization that mm-hmm. they step into. Uh, there are clear boundaries in terms of what the roles are, but, you know, there is kind of this, you know, curiosity and the customer first attitude that will help a product manager really succeed and succeed with the right products in the market. So as you address the product manager's responsibilities, you know, on these these two, build the product right, build the right product, you started with <clears throat> saying that they, you know, we tend to gravitate, we tend to have kind of our focus on the the market aspect, the customer aspect, right? The who, what, and why, which I, I, I like that characterization, right? It's, you know, who the customer, what is the problem, why do they have this problem, and getting those insights, knowing what to build. But that is advantageous to them to also have some understanding of the how. And so the how is is building the product correctly, which tends to be more of a development or engineering, you know, depending on the kind of product driven activity. And that's where I think there's a little bit more nuance that plays into this, depending on the organization, depending on the individual product manager, depending if they're aligned with engineering, if they're aligned with marketing, right, what what their background is. Some of us tend to have more of a technical background. Some of us tend to have more of a marketing background. Some of us Mm -hmm. come from all other places. I've recently met a couple product managers that both of them were lawyers before they were product managers. Mm -hmm. And so we have these different backgrounds. You talked about architecture, and I remember some discussions when I was doing software product management with the development team. And mm-hmm. and that was something that I at least had some competency in, right? I was never a great programmer, but did, did some programming. And where the architecture work was getting to be too big, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they were starting to design the architecture for what might be version three of the product, where we don't know we're ever going to get there. Correct. Right. So that was something I, w- I felt comfortable and appropriate to give feedback on, right? And mm-hmm. say, 
you know, here's our timeline for wanting to get this to market. Right. Here's our expectations for the first launch. And while you're thinking about we might get to 100,000 customers, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to be there for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what do we need to do now? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that as an example of, of product management input with engineering? It's, it's all about the context and the problem that you're trying mm-hmm. to solve for the customer, right? Um, there is always a fire plan that you can look out, but you know you need to make incremental progress. I, I would advocate for product managers to look at a big problem, take smaller chunks and make incremental progress. You can have a big architecture like you mentioned, which is like a three-year plan or a five-year plan to get there. However, what are the components of that architecture that can fit the time to market that you are expecting from an overall you know, customer perspective, managing the customer expectation, as well as managing the expectations of the business. Yeah, so as you look at the overall architecture, can you break that up into smaller chunks, make incremental progress, solve meaningful problems? You don't have to solve all the problems that the customer has on day one. You know, It can be phased over a period of time. So can you take a small subset which is very meaningful to the customer. You know, that's probably their top problem that they want to solve. Can you solve that in the time to market expectations that you have from an engineering perspective? So I would encourage product managers to think about, uh, you know, taking big complex problems, big breaking them into simplified problems, but, you know, look at the impact that it can have on both your business as well as the market and start chipping away at that problem. So that's one approach that I have taken in my career where, you know, there is a complex architecture. You just cannot boil the ocean. Let's take one mm-hmm. glass at a time, boil it, and make sure that the glass that you're boiling is meaningful for both the business and the customer. That's the way to, you know, that's one way to do it. Yeah. And it certainly depends on the product. You know, if we're talking about pacemakers that are inside someone's body, making the heart work right, if the risk is high and it has to work the first time, then that changes things compared to like a CRM system that is SaaS based. And we have the opportunity to do updates every night and take care of problems. So. Yeah, so it's always the context, you know. So there is there is the context, customer context. If it's a mission critical system, you're absolutely right. You need to think through, and you need to take that time, right? It's like uh, you don't want to really, you know, sacrifice quality or even uh, make design choices that you know endanger any customer, right? So that's that's the top priority. You know, focus on the customer. You know, if it takes that much time and it cannot be done, let's do it the right way, right? So it's building the product right. Okay, so again, big picture. I wholeheartedly agree. Organizationally, we, we need to accomplish both. We, we need to be getting the product the customer needs, and we need to get a product that is a quality product that is built correctly. My focus does tend to personally be, and as I positioned uh, in that episode with, with uh, Ken, that someone in the organization needs to be paying attention to, are we building the right products? Correct. And in my experience, I found that that is more of a shortcoming than where we are today with organizations being able to build the product correctly, right? Mm -hmm. In general, we we have development teams, engineering teams, pre-production teams that know how to get a product put together and built. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's problems there, right? This happens too. But I I do put the focus, as you said, we tend to gravitate as product managers on the who, what, and why, because that seems to me to be not only the product manager's realm, but also the need that is often missing in organizations. 
because sometimes products get created out of spaces that are odd, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we've all seen these, right, where the CEO or the most important person in the room just had this customer meeting. The customer has this big problem and we can solve it for them. And without kind of maybe backing up and asking, well, is that a problem that we should be solving? Are there other customers that have that problem? And sometimes ideas come in from interesting places that under further investigation, they're not really problems that we should be solving. Mm -hmm. I, that, that's why I put the focus on product managers. Help us know how to create value for customers. Help us know what the right problems are. So I think, you know, to respond to that, I think there are a couple of ways to look at it. So, you know, product managers typically step into, in my experience, product managers step into situations where the product has already been built and you need need to take it to the next level. So you're looking at market adjacencies, you know, what other problems can you solve? You know, so this product framework already exists within an organization. So, you know, it's all about, you know, a scale problem. It's about taking the product in a different direction. So that's one set of problems. Then there is the new product introduction uh, in the market, right? So where a CEO has a conversation, you know, they're bootstrapping the business and they want to build product, right? They have an idea. They want to build a product to capture as much of the market as they can. So I think that's where um, it becomes very abstract and you don't have a clear problem definition. So one of the ways to, you know, really understand the product, building the right product is to go understand the customer requirements, you mm -hmm. know, do one-on-one -on -one interviews with customers if you can, learn about the requirements, learn about what the problems are, and also validate what solutions would uh, make it very compelling for them to, you know, consume a product that you introduce to market. So you need to have that due diligence and conversation as a product manager with your end customer, right? So uh, it, it, ideas can come from anywhere. You need to, as a product manager, you need to have a open mind to listen to ideas, synthesize it, and then be able to validate with your customers, with your potential customers, prospects, you know, existing customers. So you need to do a combination of all of that. The second aspect, which I talked about, which is, you know, the product is already there. They have had a successful business uh, shipping the product and, you know, they're selling the product. Now you want to pivot in a different direction. So that's the second aspect that you need to think about. This could be, you know, a little bit challenging for product managers, depending on, you know, where they are in the overall product lifecycle and how the product is architected. So it may have been the right product for, you know, a set of customers, but it may not be the right product for a different market that you're trying to approach. Uh, and, you know, the problems may be different. So, you know, again, you need to really dig deep to understand what is the problem that it is solving for this market segment. And then you need to capture the requirements so that you have the right product for wherever adjacency that you are planning to take your product to. And then you need to have a conversation on the how, right? How do things change? And you always need to think about what it means to both these segments of customers. So if you're going after segment one today and you have a successful product in segment one, now you want to go after segment two, there are changes that need to happen to get segment two. Mm -hmm. And you need to get both segment one and segment two right. So this is a trade-off decision that needs to happen from an architectural perspective. And that's where the role of the product manager is very critical in outlining the requirements of segment two for the engineering team very 
carefully, right? So it needs to be thought through very carefully. And you need to also look at, are there any potential overlaps between segment one and segment two? Is it a completely new segment? Uh, do we need to build a new product or can we take the existing product and apply it to segment two? If we take mm -hmm. the existing product and apply it to segment two, what are some of the changes and will it be the right product for both these segments? And can we do it right? The right. Always as the, at the back of your mind, can we do it right for both these? And if we cannot do it right, you know, can we get it 80% correct for yep. both these? And can we still, you know, meet the objectives of the customers as well as the objectives of the business? So that's yeah. that's how I would characterize those two situations. You know, new product development with a startup or, you know, you have an existing product that's successful and you want to take it in a different direction. Let me go back and ask you about the how, just a different question on that. So as a product manager, I see the results of the development, and, and I'm pr probably involved, or you know, part of the team is certainly involved, in understanding if that's going to create value for the customer or not, right? So we, we, under, we understood the problem the customer has, the job they're trying to get done. We have some insights mm -hmm. about that. We proposed a solution. We hopefully validated that that solution would create actual, mm -hmm. you know, help satisfy the customer, create value for them. And now we're making that solution real. And mm -hmm. then we need to see if that actually lined with our plan in the beginning, right? So did mm -hmm. what we got actually create value for the customer? Mm -hmm. And as a product manager, I'm probably very much involved in that because I want to understand the product and help get it ready to get launched to market. But there's some details underneath the covers that are that, that I don't see, right, about mm -hmm. how that was actually made to happen. Mm -hmm. Any suggestions or advice? And, and this changes so much based on setting mm -hmm. and and industry organization, everything. But for the product manager that has some, you know, technical abilities as well, just, just to help them, I, I guess, here's my question. What advice would you have for them interfacing with engineering so that engineering doesn't feel like they're being told how to build the product? Mm -hmm. They're able to do what they're good at, which is uh, implementation. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, getting the insights that they do need from the product manager. You know, I think uh, there are several ways to get involved in the product development process. I think, you know, at a very high level, there are different process processes that development teams follow. You know, you have the agile scrum methodology. You know, some companies use waterfall. Some companies use a combination of both. I think uh, having a technical curiosity is always good to understand, you know, how the product is built. What is the architecture? And how does it impact the customer without, you know, I, I wouldn't really go question engineering's, you know, decision making process and build process. It's always good to contextualize the customer problem. You know, it's like, OK, if we did this architecture, how does it really solve the problem that we are trying to solve for the customer, right? So it's always customer first approach. And then you can say, okay, if this is the architecture, what are the implications from the problem solve perspective? And that's that's the approach that I have taken. And then, you know, as you get engaged with the overall product development process and the decision-making process during the, during the overall product development, you are able to weigh in from a customer perspective what the impact is. Any decision that is made during the how always has a impact on the customer, right? So uh, for example, if you have 10 clicks in a UI and, you know, it can be done with three clicks, uh, you know, that, that would kind of, that's one example that you can, you could look at, right? You can then say, okay, my customer is doing, trying to do 
this in three clicks? Why do we have to have 10 clicks? And there may be a valid technical reason and why 10 clicks. And you know, there may be advanced users, there may be uh, novice users in the product. So you're trying to solve the problems for a lot of customers and users. So you need to really understand why it is from a technology perspective that 10 clicks versus three clicks. Mm -hmm. And is there a way to you know, reduce the number of clicks. That's what the conversation needs to be from a product management perspective. So it's all about, you know, you have, as a product manager, you have the knowledge of what your customer is looking to achieve and you want it in a very simplified way for the customer. If that's the objective, then you look at the technical complexity of being able to achieve that. So then, you know, you have a framework where you say, okay, this is technically complex. Let me go back to my customer validate if they're okay with 10 clicks, right? So that's one approach. Uh, the other approach is, okay, can we do anything to minimize the number of clicks that we are putting out in front of customers? So you need to do both, but you need to have a very good understanding of what your customer wants and a good understanding of what the architectural implications are. So, you know, you need to ask the right set of questions when you're working with engineering. Uh, engineers, engineers are very smart people. They can build things in an amazing way. Uh, and there's always a reason why certain things um, work the way they do because technology is complex. It's not simple. So having that curiosity, asking questions and, you know, engaging with customers and engineers, you know, intimately, that will really help uh, the process very well and will set up the organization for success. It's a lot to ask from a product management perspective, but, you know, again, as I said, we are general managers of the product, which is a business. So that level of curiosity will really help a product manager drive success to themselves and, you know, drive success to the products and solutions that they introduce in the market. And one thing that product managers are probably good at is being curious mm -hmm. and curious about the customer problem. And it's going to be yeah. curious about the, the solution as well. Krishna, thank you so much for taking us through that. Loved the discussion personally, talking about back and forth about where our focus is and that mm -hmm. both of these are important aspects to product managers and certainly organizationally, mm -hmm. that we need to create products that customers love and, also, and in doing so, that's the right product and it is built correctly for them. As listeners know, and as you know, I love innovation quotes. What did you bring for us and tell us what that one means to you? Yeah, so there were a couple of innovation quotes and I thought about both of them. I think, you know, in this context, since we are talking about product innovation, product management, strategy, vision, I think one of the interesting quotes that I have is, you know, vision without execution is a hallucination. So as a product leader, you can have the best vision to solve a interesting problem for a wide variety of customers and users. But if that's not backed up with execution, here is where, you know, building the product right, you know, the right product is the vision. Think of right product as the vision. And building the product right is all about execution. You need to have a good combination of vision and execution uh, to succeed. So hence the quote, vision without execution is a hallucination, right? Meaning vision is just on paper. If you didn't execute it, you know, you didn't make an impact in the market. You didn't make an impact on the lives of customers and your business. So that's yeah. that's the interesting quote in this context. I thought that would be really good to share with the audience. It reminds me of ideas are a dime a dozen, right? Ideas might, you might have great, brilliant ideas, but only if you take action on them, do they account for anything. Thank you for sharing that with us. For people that want to just uh, reach out, maybe have a follow-on discussion or find out about the work you're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Yeah, I can be reached via LinkedIn. You can find my profile, Narasimha Krishna Kumar, call Krishna. You can uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, connect with me, email me on LinkedIn, and you know I'll be happy to respond and uh, share my experiences. Excellent. I'll put the link in the show notes so that it's easy for people to find. Krishna, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your experience as a CPO. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you and happy to talk to the audience. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence so you'll create products customers love. Remember, in a few weeks, the name of this podcast is changing from The Everyday Innovator to something that really better reflects our mission, which is called Product Masters Now, helping product managers become product masters. To find all the details of that discussion with Krishna, just go to theeverydayinnovator.com slash 318. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.